With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oh! Wonderful shot by Lennox Lewis! A right hand by Holyfield! By Buster Douglas! Look at this! He's knocked by Tyson down for the first time in his career! But unfortunately, it'll never happen. Crunch! Punches! And punches! And it's over! I think it's gonna be over! say there seems an element of genuine hate between these two Ambrose. For sure. I don't hate the man. Just imagine if you bought a ticket. Stop it, Greg. You can stop it any time. Castillo's in trouble. Weak steps in and the fight is over. Oh! Welcome back to the legendary nights after show i'm your host sean joined as always by lukey for the tale of floyd patterson ingemar johansson one of the greatest heavyweight trilogies of all time you heard me talking about it on the main show on the main episode and me and johnson talked about how it ranks up there as one of the greatest heavyweight trilogies of all time there's not been many of them but this certainly goes right up there with the likes of Ali and fraser and even most recently with the likes of Wilder versus Fury, but Lukey bringing you into the conversation now and talking about Patterson versus Johansson, I just wanted to get a bit of background from you because I know, as you've mentioned to me in the past off-air, you know, you've got a bit of uh, Scandinavian descent within the mists there, so I wanted you to tell sort of your perspective, uh, firstly on Ingemar Johansson and then obviously on, on Floyd Patterson. Well, I have an interesting relationship with both of these Johansson, I didn't really know a ton about other than it's like, well, there was this Swedish guy who boxed and he was really good. So I never really knew a lot other than he was good. And Floyd Patterson, when I first started reading about boxing, this is like the ultimate old head episode, right? Because we're going back in time. This is a historian episode. When I was like 18 or 19, I started reading boxing books and pretty much every book I picked up, the beginning of every book was starting with Floyd Patterson. So like Floyd Patterson is just someone I remembered when I first started reading the history of boxing. It 
basically began with Floyd Patterson with at least two to three of the books that I started with. So Floyd Patterson to me reminds me of me and my young adulthood, just trying to obtain as much knowledge as I could. And Floyd Patterson was like, okay, I got to get through the Floyd Patterson section to get to the guys I want to get to. So, I mean, that's kind of my entry level to both guys. So I really enjoyed putting the episode together with Johnston because I feel like Floyd Patterson's someone we've touched on only briefly throughout the course of many episodes we've done. Like we've talked about Sonny Liston, I think on more than on two occasions, I think three occasions he's featured in his own episode or he's featured as part of another episode heavily. And Floyd Patterson always comes into that conversation because of his fights with Sonny Liston, of course, and how he was destroyed by Sonny Liston. But then you take it back a few years before that moment and you've got this fantastic trilogy with Ingemar Johansson, not forgetting the fact that Floyd Patterson becomes, at the time, the youngest heavyweight champion and also goes on to be the first to retain the World Heavyweight Championship after losing to Ingemar Johansson. So there is a lot of great history and significance behind that particular tale that we've covered with Floyd and Ingemar. But it was nice to do something on Ingemar because we'd not done anything. And, you know, we knew from our own knowledge base of how good of a heavyweight fighter he was for his time, how much of a, a huge right hand that he had, the Thor's hammer, Ingo's bingo, as as it was called. And it was nice to be able to get more of a background on him and be able to tell more of a story on him for people that didn't really necessarily know what he was all about. And it made us wonder what other fights and fighters he could have been involved with throughout the course of his career. And he never really got the opportunity to, to fight the huge fighters, the likes of Sonny Liston and, you know, the, the Cassius Clay slash Ali. There was none of that for Ingemar Johansson. His defining moments really were the fights with Floyd Patterson. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of a modern fighter in Otto Wallin, who's also Swedish. But, like, Wallin has this tremendous fight with Tyson Fury, and then the whole boxing world's like, oh, shoot, this guy's good. Let's not really fight him. And it felt like... He's got a fight with Henry Cooper, but mostly it's the first Floyd Patterson fight where he gets this amazing win. And when you look at this trilogy, not even um, Fury Wilder, which we saw two knockouts in the series, every fight in this trilogy ends in a knockout. And I think that's what also kind of leads to the legend of it. And I think this this trilogy is what made Floyd Patterson a legend and it's what made Sonny Liston so feared when Sonny Liston did what he did to Patterson, because I think these three fights meant so much to the world when this happened. And and not even forgetting the fact that Ingemar Johansson, when he goes to the Olympics in 1952, and he gets completely booed out by everybody. He didn't perform. He wasn't throwing punches. From his perspective, it wasn't the case. You know, going into his book and his autobiography and taking extracts from that for the episode, you kind of got a different perspective. But to the general audience at the time, people felt like he was a quitter. He was a coward. And then for him to turn that perception around to become Sweden's first world heavyweight champion, I thought was a really great side of the story. Albeit he loses then success to Floyd Patterson of course he stamped his moment in boxing he stamped his authority on the sport by knocking out Floyd Patterson who obviously was the, the guy that everybody was vying for at the time the clean cut all American guy the guy that had been to the same Olympics as Ingemar Johansson and you know he flew that flag proud and yet Ingemar Johansson was looked at as a bit of a black sheep of, of boxing but 
I just loved how he turned it around. I loved how he was able to bring that perception back and bring... I think it just shows how fickle boxing fans can be as well, even back then. Yeah, I was trying to think of another modern comparison, and I know this is not really on topic, but it, I guess it is for me, is it's almost like if Oddly Harrison had won the gold medal, which he did, had the career he had, and then he knocked out David Hay when he fought Hay. Like, I was like... But like you said, boxing fans are so relentless where you can be one of the 10 best fighters in the world and people will still say you're bad. That's like the the standard at which boxing fans like boxing fans only see the very best fights in the world. Most they only see the ones TV buys and out of those, they don't enjoy all of those fights. They still curate and pick and go, ah, that's not really the good one. So it's very, very hard to get universal praise. And I think that upset it was whenever we have a magical moment in boxing, you basically become immortal because we all live for that moment where the underdog rises. And that's certainly what happened with Ingemar Johansson and he turned it around and they had the the three fights in total. Ingemar wins the first, Floyd wins the two back-to-back successive, successfully and creates history in the making and then goes on obviously has the fights with Sonny Liston and, and again, as they say, the rest is history. But it was the, the whole tale surrounding it for, for me and Johnson was why we wanted to cover something like this was because we feel like these types of moments, again, like we've done throughout the whole season, there's moments in boxing history which, unless you're over the age of, of, of 40, a lot of people don't remember them or a lot of people haven't gone out of the way to look these things up or had the had the sort of enthusiasm to want to know more about some of the certain periods of time in boxing history. I mean, there's one moment where, you know, even Ingemar Johansson was looking at fighting Rocky Marciano, getting Marciano out of retirement, Floyd Patterson versus Marciano. There was there was lots of talk around that time of that happening. And, you know, this is the same Rocky Marciano that is considered an all-time great. Well, he is. He's an all-time great, but some people consider him as the all-time great over the likes of Muhammad Ali and other great fighters of the time so you know it's it's for me I look back on it and I just feel like we we brought a a new reinvigorated version of the tale which was able to present two guys with two contrasting personalities on one hand you had a quiet guy in Floyd Patterson who just did what he needed to do in the ring uh wasn't a spectacular fighter but was very methodical and very good at what he did essentially this guy was a light heavyweight slash cruiserweight but because the heavyweight division at that time, the weight actually was so much lower than what it is today. You know, the likes of Floyd Patterson as a light heavyweight or cruiserweight, if a division would have been around at that time, he would have been probably one of the greatest of all time if that division would have been around. But it wasn't. So he had to fight against guys that were sometimes much bigger than him. And I know people say that happens all the time anyway in like the heavyweight division today. You look at Tyson Fury and you look at, there's not many people that match up to his stature. But it's not just about that. When you look at the weight categories in the divisions, you look at how difficult it can be. I mean, look at the upcoming fight for Conor Ben and Chris Eubank Jr. There's so much talk of that going on because of the fact that Conor Ben's got to move up and Chris Eubank's got to slightly boil himself down. We, we all feel 
that it's going to be a big risk for both of these men. And I personally felt like it was going to be a, a, a major issue for, for both of them. But going back to the topic at hand and not focusing on modern times, focusing on Floyd Patterson, Ingemar Johansson, the point I'm trying to get to really with all this is that Floyd Patterson and Ingemar Johansson weren't naturally the heavyweights that you see today they were more like cruiserweights and for them to be able to have created such history in the heavyweight division for their time was unbelievable and and something you rightly pointed out earlier was that every single fight ends with a knockout and there's so many knockdowns across all three fights you know these are three exciting fights and this is why when we do the stories we always say if there is full footage available even if there's only partial footage available, we always say go and watch it and go and educate yourself and go and look at the styles and the difference and the way these fights were conducted and the way these fighters conducted themselves. It's just a whole different period of time. Well, I think this is one of these fights where I was just thinking about this when you're speaking, where this probably was one of the sparks that caused Muhammad Ali that caused Joe Frazier and George Foreman. Because if you look at the way the timelines match up, a generation later, we had some of the greatest heavyweights ever. And I don't think it's just a coincidence that we go from Joe Lewis to Floyd Patterson to an amazing, exciting trilogy, and then we get a guy like Sonny Liston, and then we get an era. I think that when there's great fights happening in boxing, especially in heavyweight, it inspires others to want to follow in those footsteps of greatness. And then no shot at Larry Holmes, but when Larry had kind of a more boxers, boxers, tactical run, we didn't really see people emerging as much until the Tysons and so forth and so on. And I think that's because of the lack of, of charisma, I think, around Larry Holmes. Don't get me wrong, he was a he was a character when he wanted to be. He said some things, he did some things, but I feel like Floyd Patterson, Ingemar Johansson, they were two contrasting personalities. Like Floyd was quiet, whereas Ingemar Johansson was a bit more brash and he liked to party and he liked to be around the women and you know, he just liked to be a man of the world. Whereas Floyd, you know, he had this he had these moments, didn't he, throughout his career, not just this moment with Ingemar Johansson, but he had these moments where he would go within himself if something didn't go his way after the first loss in his career to Ingemar Johansson. He goes within himself and, you know, he goes into a bit of a depressive state and when he comes out of that depressive state, you know, he's on fire, he's on form and he goes on to beat Ingemar Johansson. And these types of things happen again. He happens again with Sonny Liston, you know, having to take disguises and uh, making sure there was uh, two different cars at the end of the fight to take him to one place or to another place. It was like he always had this issue with his, his mentality, a lot like uh, a certain Anthony Joshua who has these issues with mentality and mental strength. I think Floyd Patterson was a bit of a, a, a subject of issues with mental stability because when things didn't go right for him, he seemed to question absolutely everything he ever did in a boxing ring. But then when things did go right for him, you know, he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I think the interesting about thing about Floyd Patterson is he took losses so badly that he'd wear disguises to not be seen and in kind of an interesting character. I think the big problem with Floyd Patterson was he was Mike Tyson before Mike Tyson. He just didn't have that elite power. And I think what we see is that Custiamato peekaboo style. It only works if you hit really hard. And we saw with Patterson when he fought 
Thor's hammer the first time, it didn't really work. And then when he fought Sonny Liston, it for sure didn't work. There is a ceiling to that style. And I think that ceiling actually made for a great fight. Not unlike last night, we had Zhang versus Hergovic. The ceilings of both fighters' limitations actually provide a more entertaining fight for the fans. So there's a subject that I wanted to touch on and I wanted your opinion on. And it was quite a... A controversial subject that we actually touched on upon this episode and that was going into a little bit of the background of the relationship between Custy Amato and Floyd Patterson. Now there were stories there that seemed to indicate that Custy Amato was a little bit closer to fighters than maybe what he should have been in a different relationship way and it was quite controversial really because you know, the man's not here. The man's been long since gone for many, many years. And he's not here to defend himself. So you can only go off the stories that the people around him provided from that period of time. And there were a couple of stories that we sourced. One from Floyd uh, and one from somebody else who, I can't think it was a journalist, uh, who, who had interviewed Floyd previously. And there was a moment in that story where both me and Johnston were a bit like... You know, we'd done something on Costi Amato before and this is not something we'd we'd brought up for the episode. So that sort of relationship which Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip, you ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new, you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. I don't know which which way is the best way to sort of poise it to it's people. It's just very uncomfortable for me, right, when you get into this topic because now it's like, Custom, like, how do I say this? Because it won't sound right, but it is how I feel. It's like, we will never know what is true, right? But what it makes me uncomfortable about this is a lot of these are allegations and hearsay. And as you said, he can't defend himself and we don't know. And what I what's uncomfortable for me, first off, is believing that that could have happened. And second off, Custy Amato, I think, is such an icon in boxing that he even the person he is that's not even what his legacy is now his legacy is attached to basic cultivating and helping young fighters reach potential i.e mike tyson so i mean we're as people we're all flawed people right so someone could look at you or me 
And I'm sure we got things that would really make some people feel uncomfortable. And it just, these type of things, if there's no court case, I don't ever feel comfortable viewing it as fact. And it's understandable. It, again, it is, it's allegation, it's stories, it, whether true or not, they are bits of information that we feel that we're, we're, we're important. We're important to set a, a, context we are like people might say well why do you include this sort of stuff in the show if you know if you can't actually back it up with factual information well these are just stories from people that were around that individual that 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 moment in time so whether they were taken out of context whether them stories were taken out of context when delivered at the time is is is, again is there's a lot to there's a lot to sort of wonder and it makes you wonder and they're they're very thought-provoking moments throughout our shows when we get these curveballs as I like to call them when you get stories where you think to yourself that's something I'd never never heard before and sticking with the theme of Custy Amato one of the biggest issues that people kind of felt was a problem with him was his prevention of allowing Floyd Patterson to fight what you would consider to be legitimate challenges at certain points of his career which is why people felt like he was a very protected fighter and also some of the stories that we sourced from Ingemar Johansson's side about how difficult he was to deal with during negotiations. For me personally, it just shed a little bit of a different light on him as an individual, but it didn't take away the the foundations of what I always thought about him, as in Custy Amato, what I always thought about his methods, the way he was able to get fighters into fighting shape, the motivational things, people that quote this stuff still today and use it in in sort of infographics and they quote Custy Amato. None of that sort of perception for me has changed. Uh, it was just really interesting to hear it from a, th- a first-hand account of, of individuals that were there about how difficult he was to deal with. Why do you think he was so difficult to deal with? Was he really just trying to protect his fighter? Was he a bit like Mickey in Rocky who was trying to protect Rocky until he fought Clubber Lang, a.k.a. Mr. T? Because I kind of got a whiff of that's that's kind of the story where maybe Sylvester Stallone got that, that particular story from. I mean, it does feel that way, right? I think that the hard thing in boxing, and this is another thing they'll sound funny, is it's hard to be a good person and to be in boxing. And what I mean by that is a lot of what boxing is, the humanity of being a good person is not that. So it's hard to teach another individual to be a weapon and hurt someone and then still have compassion and want to protect them. And the longer I'm in boxing, the more I want young people who choose this as a career and are very brave. It's like being a soldier. I want them to be as naive as possible and me to be as aware as possible. So I don't want them to get bittered by the boxing industry where I feel like it's inevitable. It's not an if. And I feel like when I heard this about Custy Amato, he's someone that once loved boxing and then was, was soured by the nature of the business and that he was just looking out for the fighters he had because he knew what boxing as a whole, what it can do to fighters. And that's pretty evident, isn't it, when he gets Mike Tyson years down the line. It's evident in the way he managed Tyson all the way up until he died. You know, he got Tyson into that position who would go on to be then the youngest heavyweight champion of all time. So it's quite evident that a lot of things that he did as a trainer and as a manager were very effective. And then also there were some things where you kind of look at it and go, 
you know, yeah, he was difficult to deal with. He, you know, sometimes he might have come across like he was being a bit of a, a bit of an ass at times. But he was doing it because he'd had his own experiences with boxing figures inside and outside of the ring, which he felt were very influential to the sport in a negative way. So he was. In a lot of ways, yes, he was very a paranoid individual, but he felt like he had need to be paranoid. And judging off what was going on at the time and episodes we've done before, like the boxing and the mafia, it's it's very evident. There's a lot of factual, evidential information there that that confirms the conspiracies of what Cus was going on about a lot of the time. So you know, in in that regard, I can kind of understand why the mentality he was in he stayed in and why he was always that way why he wanted to protect his fighters so much why he wanted to make sure they were earning money it just comes across maybe looking at it from a different perspective that he was just trying to prevent his fighters from getting beaten because he knew there was always someone out there that had his fighters number and he wanted to protect them for as long as possible and that's kind of another takeaway point you can kind of look at if you're looking at it from a different perspective but that's enough on Cuss. For me. But I mean, also, just to throw a little bit too, like, it's a very thin line between being a good manager and making only advantageous fights to your fighter, right? Like, what's that thin line? Because honestly, to be a good manager, you have to monetize the fighter, put them in a position to be as healthy as possible, and make the world believe that they're quite possibly better a fighter than they really are. That's what a good manager does. But at the same time, as a fan, you want to see them achieve greatness so i think what it really comes down to was Custiamato was the first methodical tactical manager who kind of set the blueprint for guys like anthony joshua or other fighters um gervonta davis you know like where they're taking routes where they're strategically being moved to become iconic fighters so that's enough on course because we focused a lot on course i want to focus finally in wrapping this episode up and talking about the legacy of the trilogy that Patterson and Johansson have left behind. I mean, we've skimmed over a lot of the detail because we're hoping that if you're listening to this episode, you'll have listened to the whole main episode by now. But if you haven't, go and listen to it first because it is a great episode. We're really proud of what we've put out there for people to listen to. But going back to the point at hand, the legacy of this trilogy leaves, like we talked about it at the end of the episode, me and Johnston, about how it, it ranks up there as, as one of the greatest and probably sits just behind the likes of Ali versus Fraser. Then you've got, obviously, Bo versus Holyfield, another fantastic heavyweight trilogy that we mentioned in the episode. Most recently, Wilder versus Fury and you know there's, there's there's quite a few out there but this one Patterson Johansson I do believe it gets forgotten about I do believe anyone under the age of 40 years old doesn't really take this into consideration when they're looking at all these heavyweight trilogies because of how synonymous Ali and Fraser were throughout the career and and, and how globally recognised they are as, as fighters and individuals even though they're long since gone from this world you know, it's these other trilogies, it's these other stories that 
we feel do get forgotten about a little bit and it's, it's why we want to bring them to the forefront and when we do the episodes and we put them together it then makes us realize as boxing fans first and foremost that you know this was actually an amazing trilogy of fights it was an amazing story that accompanied it as well with these two guys from different backgrounds coming from the olympics and one being the good guy one being the bad guy and them being on this collision course which ultimately turned out to be one of the greatest trilogies of all time I think also the big thing, and that's always like um, the big thing I'm seeing is the fact that television wasn't a thing. Like we forget that like television gets invented or like video and film and being able to see things. And when it's kind of really good and when there's a renaissance with Technicolor and all that, that's when we're getting these all E fights. And that's when we're getting this and that. A lot of these legendary fights that we kind of, look at as the birth of boxing or that we romanticize it's when good telecasts and good production had caught up to the sport itself i think that people also forget this because there isn't a really high quality documentary that explains this story in significant historical accuracy and beyond that it's kind of hard to find the fight and if you watch it it looks funky because it's filmed in a certain way and i think that that's also what hurts it because we live in a very immediate world that wants an HD um, depiction of fighting. Yeah, and I think that is is one of the other reasons why we always like to bring these stories to the forefront. Yes, okay, there's not always a lot of available footage out there, but we're kind of hoping... And, and we do get the perception from people that listen to the shows and what they tell us is that, you know, we present them this, this story and we paint them this picture by describing accurately from the autobiographies of some of these fighters and the words of the people that were there at the time as as greatly as possible how you could envisage this going down and i think that's what's quite important is is to kind of paint that picture of of a tale on a story and an individual and the characters that support that particular story to be able to then get a full feel for how this would have really been and i think something that I think we we lack in in this day and age is like you say you know the the something that we have is the immediate need for wanting to see things yesterday whereas you've got fights like these tales like these that are uh, forgotten about and when we bring them to the forefront, we look at it and we go, you know, it would be great if a high level production company produced, you know, a fantastic documentary on something like this, because then it would it would give people then that, that sort of enthusiasm to go back and look at it. And, and, and I know an audio podcast doesn't always put it into perspective for, for a lot of people, but you know, when you put something like this out there and then people start to realise that there are great stories like this out there, then eventually it does go to the right person and and then you next thing you know a year or two down the line a documentary comes out that's been produced so well that you sit back and you look at it and you go this is amazing this is what i wanted to see is you know these two fighter stories being portrayed on the big screen in in full high definition 4k and getting the stories from people that were there at the time and the longer time goes on the less and less people that are going to be around that are going to be able to retell these stories well and i think also like as you said these stories need to be immortalized in a way like when we were kings is i have when we are kings on vhs and that's one of my favorite movies it's like one of the best sports documentaries but what i love about it the most is even if it ages it's going to be a piece of documentation that 
forever timestamps a history of boxing at a certain period. And I just wish as a sport that we could preserve certain moments that way a little better. And with that in mind, for us, that is the after show. There's no more to be added for the tale of Patterson versus Johansson. For everybody listening, thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. It is a little bit lighter than normally advertised. I've been away. Johnston's been away. Me and you, Luke, we get on. We enjoy these episodes. We enjoy... giving our thoughts giving our feelings giving our opinions about these tales and adding a little bit more context to what's already been discussed and presented in the main stories so for everybody listening thank you again make sure you let us know on social media if you've got any further thoughts or additions to anything that we've mentioned in this episode you can do that at legend night pod on twitter or the btr boxing podcast network facebook instagram or youtube pages please make sure you do drop a comment leave us your thoughts feelings and opinions on this particular tale that's it thank you for listening to the after show the tale of floyd patterson and ingemar johansson Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.